Checkity check, one, two, y'all. How we doing? Good? All right. <laughs> so before we get into this week's episode, if you are not already, please follow or subscribe on Apple on Spotify. If you are listening on iTunes, you are listening on Apple, <laughs> please make sure you pause this and go leave a review. I want to know that you're listening. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at the fear guy, and let's get with it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as The Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. What's up, gang? This week's episode is really cool because we cover your questions. That is right. So I asked the followers on Instagram what you wanted to know, what I could answer in a podcast, and I am answering your questions in depth here. So fear of rejection and much, much more. Get ready. Here we go. Whoop, whoop. All right, y'all. So as I mentioned in that brief intro is today I'm answering your questions that you submitted on Instagram. So not answering all of them, but I took a few of them. I took eight of them, which actually is quite a few questions, but I love y'all and I want to do my best to answer all of your questions and I have fun with this. So it is for you and it is, it is also for me because <laughs> it brings me joy. So question number one, let's get into it. Let's go is how do you get over the fear of rejection? And I think this is a very fair question that many of us think, right? Is how do you get over the fear of rejection? First, my friend, you must understand that you were rejecting yourself more than anyone else can. No one can reject you unless you give them permission to. So I was actually writing about rejection this morning um, before I'm recording this at night. So here's a little something for y'all. Um, a little sneak peek before it hits the social media internet platforms. So, you reject yourself more than anyone else ever could. No one rejects you because you reject yourself. You are rejecting yourself before anyone else can. Rejection is not not is like rejection is not someone else denying you what you want. Rejection is denying yourself what you want. You hear that? that that's a real goodie. <laughs> Let's examine and reframe what you view as rejection. So your definition of rejection, in air quotes, might be that like someone you're interested in doesn't text you back or they break your heart. Another example could be that you get turned down for a promotion. I don't view either of these situations as rejection, and here's why, is because you went for it. You went for it. Like Rejection is protection and redirection. And I'm not meaning to rhyme, but I slightly am, if you guys know my rapper roots. Like, rejection is protection and redirection. You don't want someone who doesn't want you. You don't want someone who doesn't want you. You don't want a job that doesn't want you back. Why would you want that? You want a relationship that gives 100% in both ways, give and receive, give and take. And this relationship or a job probably wouldn't work out like the way you wanted it to anyway. Like, if it's not fulfilling, like if it's only coming from your end, it's not going to be fulfilling or beneficial for you. So the universe is making room for something much better than you can imagine or plan for. It's making room. So this rejection is protection and redirection. And it's planning for something much better than you could even imagine and plan for. And this is why no one or nothing ever rejects you. 
And this is how you get over the fear of rejection is you completely reframe it. Like nothing is rejecting you, but here's how you reject yourself. You don't apply for that promotion. You don't ask them out on a date. You don't open yourself up for full vulnerability. You are rejecting yourself before anyone else can in those situations. So you are rejecting yourself before anyone else can if you don't do the thing. But if you don't do the thing, to me, that is the win. And if you view it in a way that's beneficial to you, you don't get rejected. So rejection is not someone denying you what you want. Rejection is denying yourself what you want. All right, question numero dos. What is the fear that makes it hard to speak up for yourself and your beliefs? What is the fear that makes it hard to speak up for yourself and your beliefs? So this is similar to the rejection question that we just answered. Um, and that's why I bunched these together. Um, like you are most likely afraid of being rejected, but let's take another angle on this to provide a, a different context because we always we already handled the rejection. So you are likely to be fearing the disapproval of society. That is why you're not speaking up for yourself and for your beliefs. So in our history, being rejected or disapproved of meant that we would likely die. So why, why it's so hard for you to speak up is because you literally feel like you're going to die. Um, and that's maybe not on the forefront of your brain, but as far as your amygdala, the part in your brain, that is what, <laughs> that's what it thinks it's going to happen. Like we want to be accepted based on a survival instinct. Like when we moved in tribes years and years and years ago, and the, and the incentive was to be liked. And that was highly advantageous to us. Like if we're liked, right, we survive. We get to eat food, right? We get to hunt and exchange and um, trade or just get the benefits, family, love, right? All these different things, connection, community, tribe. So that is the benefit of um, the community. And that's what you're fearing. And because if you get disapproved of, you get outcast from this tribe, then your likelihood of surviving is much less. Um, obviously, we don't have these same worries anymore because, yeah, we're still social beings that highly benefit from community, but ultimately we could live alone in a cabin in the mountains and be totally fine, right? We could get all of our groceries delivered. We could Zoom call with our homies. We could do all of the things, um, but like that same threat isn't there. So the threat of being cast out into the wilderness isn't real, and we can thrive in solitude. Um, so that is to give you context as why to you're feeling this fear. So it's possible that you don't want to speak up for yourself and beliefs because you have been made uncomfortable by someone else who did that. There are plenty of politicians, family members, and friends who speak their beliefs, and it's a total turnoff to you, right? It's, it's unappealing, and it's often not loving or maybe not even logical to you. So if you don't want to make someone uncomfortable you're doing yourself a disservice. So you don't, there's a chance you don't want to speak up for yourself because of how someone else has spoken or portrayed their beliefs to you has made you feel less than or uncomfortable or wrong. So that is part of the belief too, is that am I wrong for my beliefs? So remember this though, like you, if you don't want to make someone uncomfortable, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's not your job to manage other people's emotions. You're not the type of person who's going to be like, I know you, like you, the person listening to me speaking right now, you're not the type of person who's going to intentionally manipulate someone's emotions with your view, with your viewpoint. 
So I have a feeling that you want to express how you feel, right? And I'll up, I'll own up to this personally, and I still have a fear of speaking up at times. Like I've improved a lot, so I just want to tell you that it comes with practice. And one of the things I actually thought about this earlier today is one of the things that I thought about um, as a kid growing up as a young adult is I always felt weird, uncomfortable, guilty, I'm not sure what the right word is, for not having a strong opinion. And so I wouldn't express my opinion because I was listening and observing and asking questions. Um, So I just felt weird. (laughs) I was like, everyone else has an opinion. Why don't I have an opinion or like a strong one that I can like stand firm on? So if this is you, um, I can tell you now at 29 years old that this has highly benefited me. Um, like because I'm totally soaking up the truth and perspectives and viewpoints and opinions of everyone. And I've heard a quote that say like strong opinions loosely held. So strong opinions loosely held, meaning that you can change your mind and be wrong. I think being wrong and changing your mind is a fantastic strength. Like, and it takes enormous amount of strength and courage. Like we think that being wrong is like weak, um, and just like less than, I think it's really, really dope because that is total strength. Having the courage to admit you're wrong and learn, that's the type of leadership we need, I think. So if you're someone who maybe can't make up their mind, um, there could be different things going on here, right? But one possibility is that you just love to listen. You love to learn. Um, Maybe you like asking questions, you know? Like, it's like you don't necessarily have to have a viewpoint, you know? And there's the quote, what is it? Like, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Um, I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think it depends on the context that you take it with, right? Is like, of course, have values, have good intentions, right? And I think that could is the context you can take it in. But just because you don't have a strong opinion doesn't make you less than or less valuable. If anything, it might make you more valuable to different companies or leadership or the world or your family because not a lot of people are like that. Not a lot of people can truly see both sides. And when I say both, I even want to expand that because there's more than two sides to an opinion or to an argument or to an idea. There's so many facets it's it's like numerous right there's numerous truths to a discussion so how i have improved a lot is challenging myself um so it comes with practice like don't feel like you have to do some big grandiose speech like you can overcome this fear by selecting small and safe spaces to express yourself like go to a close friend your compassionate family members or even just record yourself in your phone or on your computer, like it doesn't have to be to anyone. And even journaling helps a lot with learning to express yourself. I journal almost every day and that has helped a ton. So I definitely recommend journaling. And you could also start a blog or social media page under a different alias until you feel confident enough to own your own opinions under your own name. So those are some ideas that I hope that hit home for you so you can learn to speak up and own your own personal beliefs. Question number three is how do I get rid of the fear of disappointing others? How do I get rid of the fear of disappointing others? First thing to know about fear is that it doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear. It evolves. So if you're hoping to get rid of it, 
that won't work. Like you can learn to move through it and manage it and not let it control you, but there will still be a slight fear, which is completely normal and expected. So all of us deep down care what people think. Like, I don't care who you are. <laughs> like, like we all want to be loved. We all want to be seen. We all want to be accepted for the reasons I mentioned earlier, like for our survival instincts. So how to get over this? I'll ask you a question because I think you already know the answer is who would you rather disappoint yourself or someone else? And if you said you'd rather disappoint yourself, then we have some self-worth work to do. And that's a different question. Um, but really deep down, like even if you said, oh, I'd rather disappoint myself, like you would truly rather actually disappoint others over yourself. But the fear is so deep that it's telling you otherwise. So I really think like we all want to like, as far as disappointing in air quotes, right? Like we'd rather disappoint others instead of ourselves really deep down. Because the only approval that you need is your own, and the only opinion of you that matters is your own, right? So the only approval that you need is yours, and the only opinion of you that really matters is your own. So disappointing someone is totally on them. Like everyone's reaction is revealing what they haven't healed or what they don't understand yet. So disappointing a parent, for example, is revealing of their own expectations. Like if they want to be, like if they want you to be a writer and, oh, sorry, like reverse that. So if you want to be a writer and they want you to be a lawyer, this is not their life. This is your life. Like think about how life, how miserable life will be if you just always live it for others. Ugh, like <laughs> it just makes me like get all icky. Like, so think about like how to get rid of, over the fear of disappointing others, I think is you already know, like you would rather disappoint others and like this life is for you. And I would imagine yourself on your deathbed on the future. Like what regrets would you have if you lived life for other people? So I'm just telling you right now, you will, or you will remain miserable if you live life for other people. Um, and the interesting thing is about this is most people um, when you do live life for you, like if you are being you, like your most full and free self, you give other permissions to do the same. So what we fear is actually the opposite of typically what happens is like if you own you, if you're your full self, you embody your awesomeness that gives permission to do the same and actually inspires them to do the same thing for themselves. And if they don't like it, then that's just a deep, like insecurity within them and we can still love them from afar but maybe you don't even want those people in your life question number four is what is the quickest way to take yourself out of fear in the moment what is the quickest way to take yourself out of fear in the moment so this is a great question and i haven't been asked this before is that it's all about being aware and recognizing the fear like this will sound contradictory to some of you but feel the fear so if you're trying to get out of the fear, I encourage you to feel the fear instead because resisting it only makes it grow. Like what you resist persists. So don't push the fear away. Recognize that it's there. Say hello. Say what's up to it. Say like literally like have a dialogue. So have this dialogue inside of your own head with your fear. Like say thank you for trying to protect me. And I want you to actually like say this in your head. Like fear, thank you for trying to protect me. I appreciate you 
doing your job, but I am safe. I am loved. I am okay. I'm just fine. And like, I also suggest not taking yourself out of the fear. So your question, right, is like, how do you take yourself out of the fear? I suggest going into the fear. So not out of the fear, but into the fear and ask yourself, what is this fear telling me? What is this emotion trying to teach me? So recognizing what the fear is trying to teach you and to feel it, to recognize that it's trying to protect you, to have a dialogue with it, to normalize it, and then to tell fear and to tell yourself that you're safe and that you can move forward and you can do brave things because you're dope. Okay, actually there's one more thing that I wanna touch on about fear um, and how to take yourself out of a fearful moment is because I, I realize that telling you to lean into the fear can be idealistic and that doesn't happen all the time. So what I've come to realize is that breath is the key because when you get in fight, flight, or freeze, what happens is your body really shuts down. It looks to fight, to, you know, like prepare for battle for something to attack you, to flight, to escape, or to freeze, right? Because sometimes the best thing to survive is to freeze and not do anything. So when these happens, when this happens, our breath either completely stops or it starts getting quicker, right? So how to take yourself out of a fearful moment and to get present, to get grounded, is to just focus on your breath, just elongate your breaths because either you've stopped breathing or you breathing is quickened. So just focus on inhaling through the nose and exhaling through your nose or your mouth. And that will really help to calm you and get you out of a fearful moment. All right, y'all, before we get to question number five, side note, I hope you heard my voice crack just barely. <laughs> That's fun. We keep it raw. Not too much editing goes up in here. We keep it real for you. So before we get into question number five, I want to urge you and to invite you to join the Freedom School. The Freedom School is our membership community. It is a community of growth-minded and heart-centered individuals, and we have weekly workshops with me, with other guest experts, to really dive into the things that matter most of what we need to be learning about life. Like, how do you set healthy expectations? How, like, what, like, how can you love your body more, like your physical body? Right? How can you feel emotions? Like no one teaches you things how to feel emotions. How can you break through limiting beliefs? How do you have difficult conversations like within your sex life, within your love life? These are things that we have experts coming to teach you and we do a monthly Q&A with me. So it's a video call. We all jump in um, and we ask cool questions and have conversations with each other. So if you're looking for your soul fam, if you're looking for that community to really bond with, then I invite you to the Freedom School with me and other amazing humans. Go to feeling-free.com slash membership if you want to join and you can get a seven-day trial. I repeat, you can get a seven-day trial as a thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Go to feeling-free.com slash membership or the link in the show notes will take you there too. Thank you. Alrighty, question number five is, why does fear seem so real, even though it is an illusion? Why does, fear, why does fear seem so real, even though it is an illusion? I love this question. And like, really do, I love this question. So I think it is both. I think it is both. It is, it, it is real and it is an illusion. It just depends on the way that you are looking at it. So first, it is absolutely real because it is here to protect you from potential harm. 
It tries to predict what could happen next and warn you if needed. Fear is very real. It is identifying any potential threat to protect you. Based on our biology and neurologically, it's 100% real and normal. So fear is real, all right? Um, but it's an illusion when we are letting it run amok and without intention or consciousness. Um, I recommend listening to the podcast I recently released. Um, it's called The Gift and Curse of Imagination. So listen to the episode because it goes deep into how detrimental fear, which when we let it run amok in our imagination, or how useful it can be. In the, in the same way that it's detrimental, it can be just as useful and, and inspiring to you. So like if we look at anxiety, for example, anxiety is a fear of the future. We are imagining the worst case scenario that hasn't even happened yet. So this is when fear is not real and it's not factual. Even though we've, like, if you look at, okay, history repeats itself, right? We've had anxiety in the past and maybe one thing bad happened. So, okay, we are anxious that it might happen in the future. Still, it is not real and it is not factual. It has not happened yet. So it becomes an illusion in this scenario when we believe the story that fear is telling us. So let, that, let this sink in. It becomes an illusion when we believe the story it is telling us. So all we need to do is question fear, question the illusion. Literally just ask yourself why or why not. Like ask your why. Like why am I thinking this? Why should I do this or why should I not do this? Why not? Like if, you, if you're afraid of doing something, like why not? And so both are beneficial depending on your circumstance, like those two questions, why or why not? So yes, fear is real. And yes, it is an illusion. Question number six. My daughter had spine surgery in April 2019. Now with mild PTSD, will it subside on its own? Um, so I am not a therapist. I don't have like a PhD. I want to make that very clear. So I'm not going to dive deep into this one. Um, but I do have some thoughts that is somewhat similar. Like I do want to mention this phrase that was actually brought up last week in conversation that time heals all wounds, which regards to your question about will it subside on its own? Does time really heal all wounds? In my opinion, this is definitely not the case. Because, like, I'm offering you, I'm always offering you new perspectives, right? So, when we say time heals all wounds, I think it feels this way because we get used to ignoring it. So, I think we think time heals all wounds, but we just get used to ignoring it. And so, it was never healed, but we have numbed it and we have been escaping from it. And so, it takes a conscious awareness and effort to heal. And yes, it, this does take time. The healing process does take time. And it takes conscious effort. And as far as the PTSD goes, this is completely normal and acceptable. So like your daughter had spine surgery, which doesn't sound too pleasant at all. And from my viewpoint, showing her love and compassion, it was major. Like that's just what I would be doing. Like teaching her how to feel and express her emotions will be beneficial. There's nothing wrong with feeling fear. So to let her know like what she's feeling is completely normal. And I just think of like when I was a kid, if I was like encouraged to express how I feel and what I feel is completely normal, all as aspects of the human experience, that would be just beneficial for me. So I'm just thinking of like, what would I want if I was her? 
And for the PTSD, I would see a therapist who's trained specifically in that so they can help you. Question number seven, here we go. I am afraid of losing my best friend. What do I do to make the friendship last? I am afraid of losing my friend. What do I do to make the friendship last? So I think what is key about this question is you could insert anything for my best friend. Like I am afraid of losing blank and this, what I'm, you know, this advice or the thoughts, this perspective, whatever I offer um, could be useful in that circumstance. Like what do you do to make the friendship last? So first I want to thank you for your vulnerability with this question. Um, man, all of you, thank you so much for your vulnerability. Um, my first suggestion is not to take it for granted. Um, so anything that you're afraid of losing, you are afraid of losing it because you care deeply about it. So fear is literally showing you like what you care about most. So you, that is a good thing. I think that that's a cool thing, right? Is that it's indicating to you what you really care about. And eventually your friendship will end or will change in some way. That's just how life is. I don't think this is insensitive. I think this is like the reality of it. As And instead of worrying about it, which robs you of present moments, focus on how awesome it is. Like it's not necessarily... Like you were asking about how do I make it last? I don't think it's necessarily about making it last. I think it's about making it currently awesome. Like enjoying the moment, be in the moment, make memories, go on trips, laugh, tell jokes and make fun of each other. Like adventure to new destinations, have uncomfortable conversations, grow as friends and as individuals. Like share this unique opportunity together that you have a relationship that you care so much about. Like this is cool, like this is worth celebrating. And so to me is like celebrate the moment. If you're lose if you're afraid of losing anything, first, okay, you recognize I really care about this thing, that is a positive. And then also if you're worried about losing it, it's robbing you of the present moment. So the best thing to do after that is like consciously focus on what you're grateful for. Consciously focus on like consciously focus on making a memory, enjoying the time enjoying whatever it is, whether it's with someone or something that you love or a job or man, even this life, right? Now I'm like, if we're afraid of death, we're afraid of losing these things, soak it up while you have it because the fear of it is robbing you of enjoying it in the moment. So that is how I think that you can not only make it last, but completely thrive in the present. All right, y'all, last question. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening for the whole way through this last question. I love it. The question is, when is fear a good thing? And they put good in all caps, G-O-O-D, all caps. When is fear a good thing? Fantastic, amazing question. And I think this is great to end on. And I could make an argument that fear is good for, for us all of the time. It just depends on our perspective and our choices. So, like I mentioned earlier, that fear is good as a survival mechanism. That's what it is evolutionary, evolutionarily meant for, to keep us alive and reproducing our species. That's what fear is, right? It's looking for all of the potential threats in our environment, even if it's the worst case scenario that has a 1% of chance of happening, it's still doing its job. So really, fear is really great at its job. I give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> On your performance review fear, you would definitely get a raise. All right, but fear is misunderstood. 
So that is a very logical, analytical thing to look at. Okay, this fear is doing a good job because it's keeping us out of harm's way. But fear is also misunderstood. It really isn't a bad thing, but we treat it this way. Like outside of a survival mechanism, it reveals where you are not free. Fear reveals where you are not free. Literally, every time you feel fear, it's telling you exactly where you can expand your life. To me, that is one amazing gift. So to me, fear can be used and utilized as one of the best tools that we have. Um, But we keep, like our society, I mean, for good reason, right? Thinks it's, it's a terrible thing. We resist, we avoid, we escape it. And so those things remain in our life and have control of us. And you don't have to wonder too much about because fear is going to tell you, right? Like this is when we often label it as a bad thing because it's uncomfortable to feel as far as we don't have to wonder um, like what we're going to worry about. Like that's not something we have to consciously do. So like, but it's uncomfortable to feel that and to look into it. And if this is you, I invite you to listen to it. Like what it has to tell you, what is it trying to teach you? It's literally showing you where you want to go. Like your fear is showing you the deepest desires that you have. It's showing you the ultimate fulfillment in your life that you want. I've come, I've come up with a new phrase that I love. And I'm saying this now because if this is a book in the future, I want to have documentation. <laughs> fear is a medicine. And like any medicine, it can be misused and abused. We have definitely seen that in our world and our culture of it being misused in just in ill-mannered ways. But what if you used it to your advantage? What if you turned it into your fuel to to propel you into your highest self and your best life? So it's not only a good thing, it is a great thing. The caveat to this is when we are constantly in fight or flight. So here's, I guess, when it's, it's definitely not beneficial. Like if we are always stressed and in fear, too much cortisol, which is the stress hormone, like actually damages our body. And there are theories and studies that this is the cause of cancer and other illnesses. And just because when we're in fight or flight, our organs that are not vital in survival, such as the gastrointestinal system, actually slows down. So this is obviously no bueno if we are always living in this state, if we were always in like exhilarated state, we're always worried and, and anxious and stressed out out of our minds and in fear. And if we're not regulating our emotions, we're not managing our fears. I definitely believe that it is the cause of disease. Or even if you split that word disease, dis-ease, which is the opposite of ease and peace and serenity and thriving. So this is another reason why learning to overcome, learning to lean in and manage our fears and regulate emotion is so critical. Because it can literally kill us, make us sick. So how interesting that the same thing that hurts us can also help us. And that's definitely a thought that you can ponder on in many other aspects of life too where you can apply that. Um, But there you go, my friends. So that is why fear is not only a good thing but a great thing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, the Q&A. I would love it if you let me know 
like let me know what you think of this episode if you want to do more of these if you want to do more of a deep dive let me know what you want to hear like fear of rejection right fear of disappointment fear of never being loved fear of death like even more phobias or public speaking things literally hit me up on instagram i want to hear from you guys um i will message you back right even if it takes a week or two i'll get to you because i truly appreciate that you're invested in this fear because fear is not talked about we're literally afraid of talking about it so debunking it making it less taboo making just more comfortable leaning into it will be more healthy and thriving and own it like learning to overcome your fear gives you the freedom to love yourself, to love every part of life. So that is why I'm a fiend for fear. I love fear. Fear is a medicine. Um, TM, fear is a medicine. Whatever the freak, copyright. <laughs> copyright Ben Harris, 2020. There you go. But anyway, for real, tag me on Instagram at the fear guy. I'd love to see you inside our membership, the Freedom School. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. Tag me on Instagram. Send me a DM at the fear guy. Let me know what you want to hear. What do you think of this episode? Screenshot it and tag me so I can reshare it as well. Love you so much. I believe in you fully. I love in you. I see your fullness. I see your wholeness and goodness. Nothing can ever change that. You are beautiful. You are worth it all the time. No matter even if you don't believe it, I believe it. All right. You are one amazing human. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.